Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TuckCast with a splash of bourbon presented by TuckCG Fly Shop with locations in Bryson City in the big town of Silva, North Carolina. Be sure to follow the crew on Facebook at TuckCG Fly Shop, Instagram at Tuck Fly Shop, and YouTube at TuckCG Fly Shop for the latest information and instructional videos. Be sure to visit TuckFlyShop.com for all things fly fishing in Western North Carolina and beyond. Remember, the online store is always open. Today's episode is sponsored by CE Tech Innovations. Located and machined in North Carolina, CE Tech Innovation machines fly tying bases and accessories that allow you to take your fly tying vice to the next level. Check out all the great products at CETechInnovations.com. Today's special in studio guest is Steve Yoakum of Steve Yoakum Photography. I'm your host, Shannon Big Mess, joined by Bobby the Bearded Wonder and Jack of All Trouts. And hello, everybody, and welcome. Hope everybody's doing good today. Howdy, howdy. What's up, guys? Welcome, Steve. Hey there, how's it going? What you up to, man? Y'all had a good day of fishing, it sounded like. Had a great day. Good. <laughs> That's good to hear, man. Well, we're happy you're here. We're, uh, Thanks for having me, yeah. Jack's got some crazy questions for you, so we'll get oh. into those here in just a few <laughs> minutes. And uh, be cool. So uh, absolutely, we'll go through the gauntlet here of all the other fun stuff first. Yes, we will. So um, if you're watching this on Facebook Live, uh, understand that you can find this here on all the podcasting platforms, uh, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, uh, Apple, whether it's I think it's the iTunes, but all that. But you certainly can see that. And also, uh, potentially, if you're driving in your car and you're listening to this on a platform, you can pick this up on our YouTube site, and you can watch the particular podcast video as we actually have uh, four cameras or so set up in here, and you can see the items we talk about. Uh, our sponsors, CE Tech Innovations, you can see the the particular uh, desk caddy we're going to highlight today, and also we're going to see some uh, awesome photos here from our guest, uh, Steve Yoakum, as he is a very talented individual. Uh, there, so we're excited to have you listening to us. But uh, once you're not driving, feel free to uh, sit in the comfort of your home and watch us on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe, give us a thumbs up, hit that big old dinger button there, so you know when we have new videos going out, and you can follow the crew uh, and see what's going on. Okay. Yeah, it's super important if you uh, if you go check out the YouTube stuff or the Facebook Live. If you aren't watching it live, you'll be able to see all this photography and stuff. I've got. Not even close to enough pictures from Steve, but we've got a few that will pop up. So be fun to kind of look through those. But uh, definitely go to his website, um, and we'll plug that here towards the end of the show so you guys can go check all that out. So Yeah, man. So with that being said, as we kind of roll along here, we've got some great, great news, some local happenings, uh, some information about our Bryson City location as well. But uh, Bobby's going to fill you folks in on some great information. Yeah, so uh, a couple things that are happening in the area. You've got the uh, Harris Casino over in Cherokee is actually, I think as of today, they opened up to basically the public. I know, I think last week they did the by invite only or something like that. Now you can go to the casino, you cannot smoke, and you have to wear a face covering. So uh, if you want to go lose some money or maybe win some money, <laughs> depends on how you feel that day, if you're a half glass full or half glass empty. Um, the other thing is the Great Smoky Mountains Railroad there in Bryson City is going to open up operations on June 4th. So I think that's what, next Thursday? Week from today? About right? 
Um, let's so. see. The 31st yeah. is Sunday. So, yeah. Yeah. There yeah. You go. So, next time, right. week from today that we're recording this, I don't know when you'll watch this, but a week from when we're sitting in this back room. So, uh, and then the other big news is we are opening our Bryson City location in Bryson City, North Carolina tomorrow, which is Friday the 29th of May. Uh, we're going to be open down there from 9 to 4. We're also going to be open on the 30th, which is Saturday from 9 to 4. And that's what we're going to run right now. Um, as we go for the next couple of weeks, we may start expanding into more uh, days through the week, but we're just going to kind of test the water, see what everything's like down there. So if you're in Bryson City, swing by. I think Jack's the first one on the oh, on yeah. tap to work it tomorrow. So I'll be there bright and early. It'd be cool. I told him to get some balloons. <laughs> you might yeah. see him, you might not. Who knows? So if, you, so if you're uh, w- listening or watching on Facebook Live, let us know if Jack gets balloons. <laughs> <laughs> if you're really mean, if you got a BB gun, don't shoot the windows, but shoot the balloon. Gosh. Is there like a clown down there in the uh, in the, the the drain, the water drain? It? I don't know. Pennywise? Pennywise, that's it. So real quick, we got a comment on Facebook Live that's asking about um, Swain County. Basically, Swain County is open. Um, everything, all of the businesses are based basically on whoever owns it can make the decision if they want to be open, if they don't want to be open, what their hours are. If you have to wear a face mask or not, that's totally up to the business owners. Um, so basically call ahead and see if your you know, particular lodging that you enjoy in the past is open. Give them a call. Just make sure, see what the requirements are or aren't. But uh, overall, Swain County is open. Restaurants are open. Um, Nanahela Brew Pub, all that stuff. So you can, you can get food. You should be able to get lodging. You can get to the fly shop now. So good question. And uh, keep those questions coming. So if you do have a question, uh, keep those coming. We will hit a fishing report uh, toward the end of the podcast here today. If you have questions on that, we'll go over that. Uh, And just to piggyback what Bobby said about places being open, we are still in phase two, which means that if they elect to open up their dining room, it's at a 50% fire code capacity. uh, And we're seeing some place opening and some places just still remaining uh, takeout only. But uh, but you certainly can find food where you go around here for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. I'm still fat. I'm still eating, <laughs> so it's all good, boys. It is. We're all eating. That's right. Are you eating, Jack? Oh, I'm eating. Okay, Every day. <laughs> Steve, are you eating? Man, I know how to fish, and you know, there's an elk herd down the road. Easy now. Gets down to easy now. Oh man, it's like a guy on the buffalo all of a sudden there, man. Awesome. So, Fantastic. um, C C Tech Innovations has been awesome. Um. We've got a couple products that we're going to kind of feature over the over this this episode and the next one. Um, it's it's some products that they've let us kind of experiment with and check out. One of them's been around for a long time. We're going to do that one next week, which is actually the fly tying base for your vice. Uh, but this week we're going to do what's called the desk caddy, and I'm going to let Shannon go into that a little bit more while I flash up some pictures and stuff of it. So go for it, big man. Yeah, man. So this is a new product that uh, CE Tech Innovations came out with this year. And a matter of fact, as soon as it came out, it sold out on their website immediately. So there is a fresh batch. It's up on their website, uh, which you can see that information there on the uh, on the screen. Uh, if you're watching, uh, we'll keep that link uh, down below. If you're just listening to the podcast, so you have a link to that. But the desk caddy is a neat tool, certainly a great accessory to add to whatever tying system you may have, whether it's a standard pedestal base or if you're like me, you know, using a Norvice. It's a great place to put a lot of your tools. You have uh, some areas there for your threads. 
as you see this one here in the shop, we've, we've kind of got it decked out with a lot of different things. You can see some of the flies on there as well, some of the purple whoppers I have in there, Chubby Chernobyl. Uh, but I'm able to keep my uh, little tool I use to spool the thread onto my Norvice spools, and it's heavy. The nice thing about this it's base, heavy. it's heavy. It's so, heavy. So, for instance, uh, uh, this, this thing ain't going to get knocked off a desk. Uh, if you're using a Norvice like I am and you want to add it to your uh, to your platform to add some weight to us, this is a great tool to do that. It comes in at a great, great price point off the bat. It's machined in North Carolina, anodized in North Carolina, and it comes in at $149.99. Uh, and and we, know, we know the gentleman that owns this company personally, and he does a great job, takes a lot of pride in everything he makes, and we're a huge fan of CE Tech Innovation. So go check them out. Give them a look. They've got a lot of different things up there for you to take a look at. And as Bobby mentioned, we're going to highlight the the base next week. And then I have another little caddy uh, there as well that we'll highlight. But uh, go check out CE Tech Innovations there. Once again, machined in USA, but most importantly, in the great state of North Carolina. Go Tar Heels. There you go, man. Absolutely. So, Jack. Jack was yes, good enough to uh, get us hooked up with uh, Mr. Steve here today, and uh, I know Jack and Steve have, have been friends there for a good time, a good while, and probably a good time as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Jack has kind of got with everybody here, Steve, and uh, asked us what type of questions we'd like to ask. And um, you know, for you know, for me, looking at your photography over, over the years, you got some great stuff out there. Makes I have no clue what I'm doing with the camera. <laughs> Uh, but sometimes they make us look better than we need to be when we're out there on a trip. But I, I know you've got some tips and things like that. And, and uh, Jack of all trouts is going to uh, hopefully lead you down a path that will be good for everybody. So, Jack. Let's do it. Let's we'll do dude. it, man. Let's we'll start with the basics here. You know, start from the ground up. How did you get into photography and uh, specifically outdoor photography? Um, wow. That's that's a crazy one. So, uh, long story short, because now we don't have a terrible amount of time, but uh, I grew up in a not-so-pretty place. Uh, I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, it's not known for its beauty. Uh, it's got great cheese sticks, though. I like Philly, man. It's a cool little town. It's not bad, you know. I'm, I'm definitely a mountain man now, but uh, it's just kind of more my speed, I guess. Yeah. yeah um, keep the mic. Is... Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No worries, man. So, um, yeah, I came down here and it was, like, absolutely beautiful. I uh, fell in love with the outdoors, and I purchased a camera and I, I remember going on my first trip and, and coming home and being like wow those don't look like the pictures I saw on Google at all <laughs> how do I work this thing and uh so this kind of craze kind of started and steamrolled after that Very cool man cool. so yeah. so the Smokies kind of what inspired you a little bit yeah that's Mountain, awesome man Black Mountain was my first stop um I was like just fell in love with the outdoors I was either fly fishing mountain biking or camping back yeah. every other week and it was like before you know it you know I started to, to get better with it and and then it led me to quit a quit a job and find a way cooler one. Right. <laughs> Heck yeah, man! So when you moved down here, you landed in Black Mountain. Is that yep. right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Nice. Well, here's another a toughie here. Okay. Sunrise or sunset? What do you prefer and why? What do I prefer? Gosh, um, I favor. I think sunrises are way better. You know, like anything that is is harder, it feels better because we've earned it, right? And waking up is really hard for me early in the morning, or you know, hit waking up in the the alarm at you know, 3 a.m. We woke up the other day to do one. I saw you were on a ridge line at like 3 a.m. the other yeah, day. That yeah. was crazy. So you, so you actually had to hike in and all that. Gosh, man. Yeah, and you're you in know, the dark, right? Absolutely. Uh, headlamps and Woo. poking around. It was raining. Um, the clouds started peeling apart. But honestly, that's probably why I fell in love with camping so much because I wouldn't have to do all that 
waking up early nonsense. <laughs> park my tent where we're going to do things, you know. Um, but sunrise is here, especially because uh, every night it kind of cools out in the mountains. And a lot of times you see the, the layers of fog yeah, calm down yeah. in the valley. And that, that's kind of like classic Blue Ridge. So how many times have you done an early photo shoot like that where it probably didn't work out? Like what's the percentages <laughs> where like what you thought you would get from the photo didn't? A lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I can't tell you how many mornings where I'm like, all right, well, I'm sitting inside of a cloud. Uh, it's, it's cold. I think I'm just going to make coffee, uh, throw my dogs a stick, and uh, we'll get some exercise. And, you know, it's always like I never regret it going out, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's always like a you great make the thing. most of it. Yeah. Right? That's it, man. That's but cool. More often than not uh, with the, the fog, because, you know, good light is on the cusp of a storm or, or bad weather. Bluebird skies never really make for the most exciting pictures. That's true. It adds some character. Yeah. Definitely. Sweet. Well, do you have a favorite uh, location to shoot at or like a, a super cool one that you just can't wait to get back to? Um, here or? Well, yeah, pick one here and then we'll do one not here. Okay. Um, so before I leave, gosh, we're leaving in about two weeks. I've got a really big list and I'm probably not going to hit half of it. But I, I promised myself that I would uh, go back to Rhone and I would do a lap around the Grayson Highlands uh, once again before I leave the southeast because those are my favorite parts on the AT. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So you would say that's kind of like a, if you were coming to this area, that would be a uh, a hike to uh, definitely hit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, you know, do your homework first. You know, I want to send <laughs> some eighteen mile hit. You know, uh, it's your fault. Everybody got lost. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They didn't know it was going to be twenty mile hike yeah, round trip. Or, yeah. So you know, it's it's all relative because you know if, you, if you've done a, a couple hundred mile hike, you know, I've, ten might be a walk in the park, but for some people, that's a that's a pretty big. It's ordeal. a long way for me. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had people get mad at me before because. Uh, <laughs> what I suggested wasn't what, what they had in mind. It's not what they signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So the fishing. Well, no, no. Let's get back to uh, the favorite location or coolest location. Do you have a, a spot in mind that you just can't wait to get to on your road trip? Oh, gosh. Uh, if there's any way that I can take a detour or make time to get back in the Wind River range, um, that's probably where I'd like to, to put some time. Um you know, especially now that I'm sitting in a room full of guys that love fly fishing, because I can combine. <laughs> yeah, that's good fishing there. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, every time I go there, we try something a little bit different. We make a base camp, and every other morning, go in a different direction. And sunset, if the if I can get away from my rod, we'll make pictures. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that where you got that giant cutthroat a few years ago? Uh, the real, real big one. Yeah, that was in the Tetons, actually. Ah. Um, but yeah. That changed my life. I was like, I went I, showing the picture to the guys in the shop, and I was like, "Wow, so is this like you know what all the fish look like?" If so, I'm moving to Jackson tomorrow, and, and they were like, Whoa, "You know, how big was it?" Uh, oh, it's big. It was yeah, on a three weight on a hopper. Oh god, fish. I mean like, yeah, really, yeah. I'll, I'll have to show you that one. You're like uh, out on a rock in the middle of this lake. Yeah, we were on a canoe trip, um, and there was this drainage coming down. Um, I don't want to give away location too much, but <laughs> the strangers was coming into the river and we just saw some dries, you know, some fish rising. Um, and we were picking them, but it was like small little brookies and whatnot. But uh, every once in a while, you see like a big rise a little bit farther out. So I told my buddy, I was like, next time we see one of those, point the canoe at that. And we're going over <laughs> there. And well, we've got this little tiny, you know, net from here for, you know, our kind of fishing. And uh, the first time you we went to scoop it, it just was like, nope, it flopped right out. I thought, you know, usually you lose the fish. Yeah. Back yeah. Then, so was, Jack's good at that. <laughs> all, right, the all, right. all the time. So I made my friend Serge, um, if you're listening, I'm sorry about this to this day. I made him get in the lake and just like <laughs> hug it. <laughs> but uh, oh, that was, that was an incredible experience. Yeah. Oh man. That's cool, man. That's an awesome That's story. Cool. Yeah. You know, it's a big fish when only the head fits in the net. <laughs> I'll say, man. 
So is it safe to say that the uh, dry fly fishing would be your favorite, or do you like to experiment with other types of fishing? I like it all. Um, I do the best with dry dropper combos, I find. I mean, in the winter, I'm, you know, doing nymphing you know more prominently but uh we were we were doing that euro nymphing today and that's something i gotta spend a little bit more time working on that's a little bit harder but uh i'd say dries if 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 they're picking and i can take them on one that's like <laughs> i think that's I'm most everybody for. i yeah. mean honestly i right. mean if you can go out and catch 50 fish on a dry fly in a day why would you ever throw a nymph you know exactly that's you know? true it just is so cool who doesn't love seeing a trout come and eat on the surface right you know i was i grew up on the dry fly game uh, even though, you know, my family up in, you know, Cataluchi, you know, would do the, you know, the nymphs, but I was a dry fly guy. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn the nymph game later, you know, it was like almost out of necessity there, but mm-hmm. man, any day of the week, two dries, one dry, double dries, even better. Absolutely. And it's been awesome. Kind of doing this weird thing. Like it feels like almost like we're golfing, you know, like where we've got like multiple rides oh. and you look at the hole and you're like, yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. There you go. You got your that's caddy cool. there with you. Yeah. yeah. Spot and fish. Do, do people clap? They give you like the little clap. We were clapping oh, each other. A little golf clap. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hand bone. I mean, we were doing cartwheels <laughs> today, I'd say. <laughs> That's cool. Well, let's see. Do you really live in a van down by the river? <laughs> <laughs> what a question. I, this is what I've heard. Uh, we knew that was so, coming. <laughs> wow. If, if you don't know me, this might seem a little weird. But yeah, I, I don't live in a van. I actually live in a school bus. Um <laughs> And if Jack saw, was telling me about this. If you saw the inside of it, you would not believe it was a school bus. You would not right. believe you're in a school bus. There's no way. I mean, I've seen some videos seen of some, people like redoing them. So you've yeah. kind of done that, made it like an RV in a way. It, it's pretty wild. We uh, we even cut it in half um, and and lifted the roof 20 inches. So we've got seven foot ceilings in there. Um, you're, wow. you're not a short guy. Yeah, not at all. Um, <laughs> That's uh, cool, man. We've got a wood stove in there. Everything is fully solar powered. Um, there's a shower. Um, you know, I spent a, a year traveling around in my truck on photo gigs and, and honestly, cause I was kind of broke <laughs> kind of get my name out there, you know? And I thought like, you know, I love this moving around style of life and I really love multiple places in this country a lot, and, Yeah, but I do like the occasional shower. Uh, <laughs> so the van, you know, you can put them in a van, but I don't know. I saw people building schoolies, they call them uh, school bus conversions. And I was like, Whoa, you know, like. I've got two dogs, a girlfriend, like a van wasn't going to cut it. She would have killed me, you know? Um, but the bus, like I can have people in there, like we can hang out. Um, it's just cozy, you know, it, it, and you don't need much, you know, like we've all got shelter and, and clothes and some, you know, some of us are just fancy. Yeah. Water, I mean, so yeah, it just all depends on what, where your priorities are, on yeah, what and, you want in life. And if I'm out, you know, in the woods all the time, like why would I pay for a big house to, you know, leave empty while I'm out yeah. on these trips and on stuff all the time. So, yep. What type of gas mileage does that thing get? Uh, it's it's not that great. <laughs> Tell you what, um, it's like twelve miles a gallon. Are you pulling your like truck behind it and that, stuff? Though? So that's the cool thing, you know. It, it it's got a DT four sixty six in it, big yeah. old uh, diesel engine, so it does have the ability to tow. Yeah. Um, and you know, like it carried what 60 to 70 kids to school every day Uh, so you can put whatever you want in a bus you know we have stone fireplace um we're we're putting it's almost done uh a deck on the roof i was gonna ask about that oh yeah yeah so when we travel i can put my dirt bag buddies up there i don't have to smell them at night (laughs) there you go um but we're we're hoping to fix my old rooftop tent up there yeah and that way you know there'd be like a a guest suite on the roof that's cool yeah nice with 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 raising the height of of the bus and then adding these other additions to it, solar panels, things like that. Mm-hmm. 
are, are you going to experience any clearance issue going under some of the highway bridges? Or? I, I did my homework. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, like there, there's a, every once in a while, like uh, an old Ford, there's a really right. low bridge. Um, but the standard highway clearance uh, for low is 13.6. Okay. And we're like right at 12.2. Okay. So we're yeah. still pretty safe, actually. Good yeah. deal. That's awesome. But, but how know, fast does it go? Not very fast, but I mean, <laughs> when you think about it, though, I spent a year building that thing, and I got a lot of goodies in there. I don't, I don't want to go real fast because that's you true. Know, you know, it's a good point. He, yeah, going fast, he might miss an opportunity. He sees something for a photo. That's he it, might man, have to know? mark and get out and take. So, take have it, you man. have you driven this thing cross country yet? That's or what I wanted to know. So, <laughs> so not cross country. Uh, we've taken it for like short drives. Um, I'd never driven a school bus in my entire life, and I bought it out in like Crabtree and drove it. All oh, the way, lovely! All the way to Bethel. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So y'all know what those mountain roads yes, are like. Yes, sir. Yeah. Upper Crabtree, lower Crabtree. Uh, more lower. But, okay. All um, right. I didn't realize either that like the, the lights on it aren't that great. Yeah. It's pretty old, <laughs> and it got dark as I was driving. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got one more thing to worry about. Like, <laughs> but Jordan said I did pretty good. Yeah, well, she, that's was, cool, she was man. behind me in case anything went wrong. I remember watching the video. You didn't do too bad. Yeah, it's it feels really cool to drive it. It's like a tank. <laughs> yeah. It's got some power. So, so about two years ago, I was kind of hot on like getting the bus or something like that, and like mm-hmm. fixing up to travel in and stuff. My wife ixnated it. She was like, "We're not doing that." Come over to ours. So there's so many people <laughs> that like they walk in. They're like, "Oh, all right. Like, hey, I could do this. And I can you, do it." You got to think too. You know how much money do we spend on houses? Oh no, oh, absolutely. Yes, no, I, I agree. Zero. I agree. I think, That's I think, how much. Grand total, we're probably at uh, twenty eight thousand. Yeah, that's buying the bus and everything. And it'll be paid off like real soon, and then you know we can prioritize our money and travel yeah. and enjoy the the mountains and fishing more because that's what life's about, right? Absolutely, right. <laughs> enjoy it, enjoy it while you can. I, I, I that's awesome. I applaud you for that for sure, and certainly I think this is words of encouragement for people out there that uh, that's like you, Jack, and uh, uh, you know at that younger stage in life that are out exploring what don't uh, you don't tie yourself down to one spot you have the freedom to move what was that do you remember that guy that came in that was he was a high school kid and he was it was a few months ago and he was he bought a vw van and he he, fixed it up right years so it was to to go across he called it his skip year and (laughs) between graduation of high school and college so he came into the bright luke Luke, Luke was his Luke, name. Yeah. Luke, and he had a VW bus, and the name VW buses are pretty cool. And he worked on it, and he came in and he bought he bought a Tuck Fly Shop sticker, shared the water, and yeah. he went and put it on the window, That's yeah, the side been, window. I, yes. I thought about that when the whole COVID thing yes. started. I feel like, man, I bet he had to come back home. Like he didn't get to. I don't know. I've been following him on Instagram, so yeah. he's like he's showing them across the country, and he's sharing photos. Awesome. And I think along the way, he's met people, so they've taken them in and fed them and things like that. That's so cool. he's he's having a great time, and I think it's a great thing to do. There's magic of being on the road. It's yeah. something, and I think everybody out there should build something themselves. It just teaches you so much. Oh yeah, know? no, there it you. absolutely does. I hadn't owned like more than a drill before we started <laughs> this bus endeavor. It was probably the craziest thing I've ever done. Like I parked it and was like what did i just do you know but now like if something breaks at home like i can fix it and it i don't know it just makes you feel like uh, i might have got sure. like maybe like 10 new chest hairs out of the hole or <laughs> <laughs> i like that man that's awesome there you go jack hey, there's, I, there's I the feel, formula i mean jack I just great. built his drawer system he's, yeah. he's, he's oh he's getting there how, how many couple. chest hairs is the drawer drawer I system i think i got like two yeah i'll oh. trade it for up here i love this this <laughs> scale i like this so <laughs> this is funny. You do feel good though after uh, kind of completing that project. Though. Yeah, absolutely. I felt absolutely. accomplished. It turned th- out a lot better than I thought it would. <laughs> I think the people that kind of do things on their own are kind of like a dying breed too anymore. You know? Oh sure. yeah. Uh, that's why I'm grateful for all my 
It, it's cool I'm to do it because it does kind of consume you. Yeah. Like all of a sudden you're like researching stuff that you never thought about. Oh, oh yeah. Thank God for YouTube. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like how do I fix this? How do I build this? When we built the bus, I probably like stared at like people doing it on, on YouTube like yeah. for hours and hours. Like, oh, that's how you do that? Or, oh gosh, all right. And then we moved on and somehow it worked out. Like I'm really surprised like nothing really bad went and happened. But um, some buddies, like, is it okay to give people shout outs on? Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, yeah man. So uh, I've got some buddies, uh, Story Rice and Steven Reinhold and Marty. Yeah. Uh, they, they're starting a bus conversion company. If oh, really? If interested in that sort of thing. Yeah. There you go. Totally custom. Um, and, you know, like you can get a bus for a lot cheaper because they retire them after so many years. Yeah. So you can start with this like base for a lot cheaper than you would like a van or a yeah. RV. And I, I wish them luck. And then I probably wouldn't have done as well on my build if it wasn't for knowing those guys to, to sure. lean on them, you know? Yeah. That's cool, man. I know Ryan, Reinhold is a talented individual there. Rambling, oh, yeah. rambling. Hashtag trash tag. That's right. Hashtag yeah. trash tag. That's right, man. That's Absolutely. my guy. That's I changed right. his name uh, after the trash tag went viral. I changed his name in my phone book to uh, Captain Planet. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. 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 Very, very cool. talented craftsman for sure there. Absolutely. Yeah. That's cool, man. Cool, man. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, Steve, the last of my questions here, do you have any tips for carrying a camera while you're fishing, not talking about your phone, but like uh, an actual, like a full SLR. size camera yeah. for any of those guys out there. Okay. Like myself, I carry a full camera, but Absolutely. I don't always do it gracefully. Do you have any uh, secrets or tricks? So, you know, that's tough because uh, when you're, you're fly fishing, a lot of times you're moving, so you don't want to put yourself in the situation where your camera's out because um, if you trip, then you're you're in trouble, right? Oh yeah. Uh, so dry bags are probably the the, the quickest kind of most manageable tool that you can add. Um, I rig mine in my pack kind of so it's clipped just inside so I can just flip the lid open and reach oh, out real quick. Okay. Um, but when it comes to water, I don't like having it out of my dry <laughs> bag or out of the pack just in case, you know. Have you ever ruined a camera getting oh, it wet like that out fishing? or? Absolutely. <laughs> I've, I've broken so many cameras. Uh, uh, maybe one day uh, Sony will help me out. I, I think I'm on like body number five. I just replaced the lens that uh, rolled off a cliff at Linville. <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, pretty sad to see it roll off there. And uh, you know they're not cheap. You you shoot a little bit, so you know uh, glass is very I'm nowhere expensive. near yeah. your skill level, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know around the water too, there's a lot of underwater housings. There's really uh, some some bags out there that you can buy with. It, it feels like your camera's in a bag. It's sealed, but then there's this clear plate. Huh. Um, and, and those are cool because you get them half underwater, half over shots. That is cool. Um, you just have to be careful because when you put another piece of glass in front of glass, you can get like weird light diffractions and yeah. kind of flares and stuff. So, and you don't have to give us the exact amount, but like gear wise, <laughs> like to do what you do, uh -huh. what does it cost for gear? Like, I, I think people look at f photos and go, man. I can take that picture, but yeah. they don't realize like what you put. I mean, getting up at three thirty in the morning. Yeah, that's not easy. There's a there's a lot, but of like the gear itself, like there is a lot of effort and cost and research and learning how to use it. Absolutely, and I think that you know you can make great photos with a not so great camera if you really know what you're doing. Just yeah. like a great chef could make a, a great meal with you know without the proper tools. But um, obviously, when you step into these higher realm of cameras, it's going to do a lot more. And uh, I was fortunate; I had a a pretty decent job before I started my photography business. So I do side work. And if I got money from that, uh, from the, the camera, I'd put it right back in. Yeah. So I'd upgrade a lens and I do this. And I, I got my first big gig with one of these cameras, a Sony a seven R, uh, two. 
and uh, it was an A7R back then, and I couldn't afford glasses for it, but I knew I, I needed a good camera. And uh, you can put film lenses on these things. So I got a whole okay. film set, but they kind of look kind of uglier. You know, it's not like, you know, now I'm, I'm shooting with Zeiss glass. It's like you barely have to edit them. Um, so really? the, the equipment is important, but knowing how to use it is equal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know? But gosh, how much money? Uh, to get off the ground, you could probably put five to ten thousand into a, a really good yeah. kit to but make there, there went that 500 mark that yeah. i thought it was going there <laughs> wow. my stimulus check Whoa. is not going to cover that i mean bare bones uh, you could probably get more with like three three thousand but <laughs> yeah yeah wow wow i think, I think so, everybody needs a wide angle something standard and a telephoto yeah um, not to mention filters and such cause so you, is the like when you go to buy a camera Okay. So like a, a decent camera, maybe not five grand, you know, not the top of the line or anything, but say you're just like, Hey, I got a grand to spend. Do you put, or let's say two grand, let's make it realistic where it's an easier. Okay. Do you put more into the camera or more into the lens? More into the glass, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah. Cause okay. it, it, it goes a lot, a lot farther and your cameras fade. You're probably going to break them if you're, you know, playing around in water and whatnot. But, um, if we're looking at a, a camera that is great for fly fishermen, yeah. um, there's this camera by sony called the rx 100 series um it's about the size of your wallet really it wow. has a 24 to 70 1.8 zoom and it and it has a really affordable waterproof housing so it's like hmm. and you know like I, I i see all these people that you know get into backpacking or you know are trying to get cooler on instagram or whatever and they buy my camera and they're backpackers it's like no no don't do that and, you know that's this is heavy you know why would you want this thing if you didn't have to carry it and yeah. there's a really a lot of light options out there and that RX100 and the Sony A6000 series. It goes all the way up to like 67. I actually now. looked at those. I was thinking about those are amazing um, too. And like yeah. you can get one of them for like five or six hundred bucks. Yeah. Put eight hundred dollars worth of glass on it, and you know you're making yeah, really. You're good in that fifteen hundred dollar range or yeah. so. Yeah. That's not too bad. So so the RX100 sounds like an option to be very portable. Absolutely. Ready Absolutely. to go. It it is it like a. Obviously, the glass is built into it. The lenses are built into it. Does it expand out? Is uh, that... So that's the only caveat with that lens. It's a, a fixed. Okay. But you have 24 to 70, so a semi-wide realm to a semi-tight realm, um, and you have a really good range of aperture. Um, and okay. for those that don't know what that means, uh, they're listening, and you look at a, a portrait photo where they're very in focus and the background's very blurry, which is helpful because not only does it give you the opportunity to make portraits, but you can shoot in lower light with glass like that. So yeah. it's really a... A great camera, but I, I think the thing I tell everybody um, that unless you're, if you're going to willing, if you're going to, you know, get a really expensive camera and invest in that, then you have to be willing to learn about photography. You have to be able to understand that you need, you need to edit too. You need to shoot in raw and things like that that people don't really get right off the bat. So I, I shouldn't just flick it to like the the auto. No, I wouldn't setting. do that. It'd be, like, it'd be like buying a Corvette and never taking out a force gear. You know, like that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, force gear is fun, but dude, dude, the Corvette thing, I'm with you on that. Dude. So, yeah. so what, what's your that. take on like the mirrorless versus the old SLR? Like, I know the mirrorless is kind of the cool thing now because it's smaller. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I've actually been with Sony and mirrorless cameras since day one, and I really am a big fan of them. I think everybody especially that's getting into photography should go mirrorless. Okay. Uh, and the reason that, that is, is because when I'm holding this camera up and I don't know if they can see this in here, but I've got this screen back here. Yeah, they can see oh, that. But when I look through here, I see that screen. Now I'm seeing, a, it's got a live EVF. So I'm not looking through a piece of glass into a mirror at what it is. I'm seeing okay. my exposure. Gotcha. So it gets you dialed in a whole lot faster. So you can change the settings and view it in real time. Is that what you're saying? 
Uh, yep, exactly. Gotcha. Um, you've got live histograms. So like I can, before I even take the picture, I know if the exposure is going to be good. And that's just, it speeds everything up, especially when learning. Okay. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. What, what kind of uh, editing software, I'm assuming you're using a software. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, uh, what type of software are you using in basically taking a uh, raw foot, uh, photo maybe of a sunrise? Mm-hmm. What kind of time do you have in getting that final product that you're happy with? So um, most of my photos, like it, it all depends. There's there's single shot, and then there's uh, sometimes multiple shot photos that we combine to, to harness the the best quality out of each frame because you can't sometimes capture it all in one. Yeah. Um, so it gets pretty complicated when you are in high dynamic ranges, or you know we're doing astrophotography or indoor with outdoor elements peeking through. Um, a lot of my like run and gun stuff, quick shots. You know I can edit them in about a minute or two, but uh, some of those more in-depth things, you might spend 10, 15 minutes on it. Um, there's guys out there that edit for hours, and I don't ever want to be consumed by a, a computer, you know. So I've kind of honed my craft into this quick um, Adobe Lightroom plus a little bit of Photoshop to clean things up sometimes. So here's a good example. It, for those of you out there who have seen the Tuck Fly Shop Stealth Craft Drift Boat, Steve actually took the photograph that is on the side of that boat so that is that's a fifteen foot long image there. How many photos did it take to get that one? Is that a couple of stitched together? Or? Yeah, yeah, and that's so cool that you know that term. You know, they, people are getting to, the, to use their cameras and get the most out of them. So with a, a stitched image, um, you're going to put your camera in portrait, which is kind of sideways, kind of like your phone camera would look. Um, and you can actually take a photo, overlap by say a quarter, take a photo, overlap by say a quarter, and, and keep going, and combine all those photos. So now. I don't just have one 42 megapixel photo. I've got this monster of a, a photo that we can, I think we had one blown up um, in Germany that was like 35 feet by 28 oh, feet wow. long or something. And wow. They, they said it looked tack sharp. So that's me. Pretty awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you owe me like at least one or two more floats for that <laughs> photo trade, right? <laughs> while, while I've got you on a recorded line. <laughs> He's about to have shoulder surgery, yeah. so you're going to be on hold for what, a while. What are you doing on Sunday? Hey, I'll paddle. <laughs> I'll paddle. All right. Let's go. So, That's funny. So we're going to do our, our uh, quick pro tip here today. And normally one of us is going to do this, but being Steve's here and it's about photography, we figured we'd let him kind of explain um, what our pro tip is. So... The question basically is, uh, what is your advice to someone who just has an iPhone or an Android phone okay. or Google phone? I know there's a ton of them out there. I don't know why. A mobile device. A right? mobile device. There we go. What is your tips for them to be able to take a picture of a fish that they've caught okay. um, in a timely manner so it doesn't stress the fish, You know, keep them wet, all that type of stuff? Absolutely. And like, what are some tips, you know? that you can kind of throw out there to help them? Um, you know, something as simple as uh, my favorite thing to add to a lens or to a, a, a camera is a CPL or a polarizing filter. Uh, most fishermen know what polarized sunglasses are because they help us spot fish, right? Well, when you take a picture, you can add a CPL or a polarized lens to your camera. You could even put your sunglasses over the lens on your phone. And what it's going to do is going to cut the glare out of the water. So now I'm not looking at this big glare. I actually see through this beautiful mountain clear water and I can see the fish. Um, but for iPhone users, you know, you've got the, the portrait mode if you want to isolate that beautiful catch you have. Um, but I think something that people can do that, you know, don't have a lot of tools is, is think about composition, you know, and create depth in a photo. So, and balance. So like if I have like my fish over here, 
you know, like real close into the frame, then maybe there's a the creek in the background and it's going off into the distance. And you, I think the more time you spend looking at photography, the, the, the images you like have a more 3D feel or they have a little bit more depth to them. Okay. Um, and, you know, don't be afraid to, to move around, you know, like get creative, you know, get real close, get real low. Um, what do you think? Do I want my fish dead center in the middle like that? What, how can I... How can I point it? Or uh, well, if what you, can you do there? There's a lot of things you can do. And I, I would <laughs> never be one to tell a fish story or anything like that. But holding it real close to the lens and having you back, it might do the fish a little bit more justice. Uh, we, we've Jack's never done that here. always got really big thumbs in his photos. Yeah. I don't know why. So I, I, we, we had a conversation of during a fly fishing shoot once. And the, the question was, that: um, do we have any friends with small hands? <laughs> and because it's going to make the fish look a lot bigger, sure. right? Yeah. Right. So think about that, you know, when y'all are going out. Absolutely. You have us. your wife hold the fish? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Monster. Yeah, so I want to ask one thing. It just popped in my mind there for a minute because I tie a lot of flies, and I'm just basically using my iPhone, trying to take pictures of the flies in my vice. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, what kind of tips could you give someone who's posting a lot of pictures to Instagram on their flies? Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe do you feel like maybe a uh, – you know, a photo box is worth an investment for something like that. Absolutely. Um, you know, and they're getting cheaper and cheaper all the time. I know. Yeah, uh, they are. We actually looked at some to maybe just take some photos of product. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, something as simple as adding a little light. You know, you can, I've got these cool little dimmable camp lights that I've just tossed just to the side of my frame. And now that beautiful fly you've just tied has, you know, light on mm -hmm. one side, shadow on another. So it's creating shadows and, and depth again, which is, you know, it's everything you you go out and you look at our mountains midday and they're not that exciting. You go out and see them at sunset and bam, there's right. a lot going on. So add light. Add light. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a good little tip good right tip. there. It just popped in my brain. I had to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's a really close up photo too of something, you know? Especially if there's a fly tying contest going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all dig the bourbon? The bourbon is good, yeah, man. Hey, man. if you want to yeah. go ahead and plug them, go yeah, for it. Absolutely. absolutely. So uh, here, hold on. Let me zoom in on you. And you can hold the bottle up if you want to and kind of show it. Awesome. When I heard these guys were doing this podcast and, you know, doing it with bourbon, I, I had to bring. You kind of see where you're at there in the frame. Had to bring this over. This is some Yellowstone bourbon. Uh, I am working with Backpacker Magazine's Get Out More Tour this year. And one of our partners is uh, Yellowstone Bourbon. They're made in Limestone, Kentucky. Uh, it's been around since 1872. And the coolest part about the bourbon to me is that they donate a lot of the proceeds to um, our national parks, which is like. How can you not support that? Super you know? cool. Yeah, that <laughs> exactly. is cool. I mean, we've all fished them. We've all fell in love with them. And we're all tasting some, and it's good, yeah, and it's, man. Absolutely. It, it is. Pretty stellar. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's made by the Beam family. We got to actually get on this meeting and talk with Steve Beam. Uh, oh, wow. Absolutely. Cool. cool. It, it was wild, and uh, got to learn a lot about bourbon. And I'm a big bourbon fan, so this this was really awesome that we get to partner with them. Um, but it's a four-year and a seven-year blended together because when you get those different ages, you get little different tastes and notes in them. So okay. he felt that for this – uh, that that was the the go to, and the, cra the craziest part though is uh, it's been around since 1872 when Yellowstone was founded. Wow, really pretty wild, right? That's yeah, impressive. Yeah, is this available locally? Uh, yeah, I think you can. Um, you I, you can get it off the internet as well. Mm -hmm. I was uh, I picked it up. Internet. In I know I've seen this before. Every time I go hiking in Tennessee, I pick some up because I don't have to pay as much in taxes over there. <laughs> <laughs> there nice. you go. Nice. That's, that's so awesome. definitely go check that out. I mean, part of the proceeds from the bottle you buy actually go to the National Park System, which is, you know, for Yellowstone, they have fees for people to get in. So their budget is huge. But for our National Park, you don't pay. So any money that they can get 
is obviously a help. And that is the most visited national park in the country. Yeah. That they're not getting an entrance fee for. Yeah. So. That being the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Yeah. Let's clarify so, that. Absolutely. I, I'd be all right with it. You know? I feel oh, like, I would pay a fee. Yeah. I'd right. pay. I, yeah. I think most, most people would, for sure. Yeah. I kind of wish they could change that, but I don't think there's a way the way it's written into the the thing yeah. just, just so, get a pass the thing you know like yeah. you know got the pass thing there that's yeah. that's a great thing to do so I but anyway it's awesome man. it's cool absolutely yeah. good deal. it's cool yeah so um i'm gonna flip through some of your photos here for everybody and hopefully you can see this so maybe you can even just describe if you remember taking the photo you can say like yeah okay. i did this i did that oh, i didn't take I, that i better remember taking them they're all recent hopefully they're, they're all yours was, was i right. there at that one so this is looks like some type of waterfall oh it, it's usually a little bit zoomed. I don't know if I'm just seeing a chunk of it or not, but that was a, a trip this weekend that we went to up near Boone. Um, yeah. Really steep one. Uh, my friend Spencer, if you can see the top of it, he's he's standing up there, and uh, it's it's kind of like right near a road, but you got to get on ropes to get down there. So it was a holy cow exciting Sunday afternoon. Ooh. Yeah. Are there ropes there for people, or you put ropes? They're out fixed, there? and oh uh, gosh, there was one that was there last time. It's not there anymore. So I hope <laughs> no one you know fell off of it or whatever but uh <laughs> if you ever do something steep bring your own rope and you know know how to repel and bring a harness and whatnot yeah let's see what this next one is here hopefully i'm hitting all the right there we go that's, so that's one of your dogs that's I guess. one of my dogs or is that a wolf that's sage <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of like right above us right now it's in the plot balsam range is it? Oh, nice. Yeah, cool, you, know, nice. you know when you're driving up uh, past the hospital you see that real steep yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a this big old rock on one of the peaks up there and it's an awesome spot to watch the sunrise nice that's cool um, so that's a sunrise. It is. <laughs> okay. You know, you got to clarify. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, same morning. Uh, that's my good buddy, Stephen, we were talking about earlier uh, up at the same spot. Yeah. That's uh, a good photo, man. I like you. how, like, you just got the shadow from him, like, coming across the rocks, like, back to it. Like, it's little things like that that kind of add interest, like you said. Yep. F- few of the other uh, people that we're working with this year is uh, Lucky Trekking Poles. So they're pictured in there, and then Mystery Ranch Backpacks. They mix we were just root. talking about Mr. Ranch. Yeah, yeah the, the hunting and fishing community really likes Mr. Ranch. I was there. telling Jack, I was like, man, they make good stuff. They do. They do. Super high quality. I'm really hoping to, when we get out in Montana, to hang out with those guys and maybe <laughs> even wet a line. I'm sure if you live in Montana, you fish, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's see, this is the next one. I guess that's maybe the same morning. Another one to say, yeah, yeah, these are just some recent ones. Uh, I wanted to give you something that had just happened. And, you know, it's kind of crazy uh, up there. It still feels like fall, almost winter. Um, yeah, well, a little cool up there still. Oh, yeah. Especially <laughs> in the morning, I would imagine. Things are starting to bud, but the the wildflowers along the trail are really awesome right now. There's a three different types of trillium blooming up there right now. So if you live wow. locally, yeah. uh, hit the park. Yeah, I've seen some up on the uh, you know Sunburst area today. I call it yeah. Sunburst, but yeah, yeah, they're, West they're Fork. Really, yeah, I mean, they're really blooming. They're real pretty. Yeah. Nice. Real That's pretty. where I live yeah. over near. There you there, go. So, to stop by. Same thing, and this is super cool. Uh, yeah, the, with the clouds, man. In this shot, so you can see, um, you know the. 74 uh 19 um and then where those oh yeah you can yeah where those clouds are is where the tuck comes in okay and then on the left and then on the top is where the nanahala comes in i'll show them to y'all later okay then, okay they okay. can't jack and shannon can't see them is that from your on the 3 wrong side of the hike table. the other day yeah yeah I'm looking down yeah that was the one i had in mind that was super cool that's like one of our favorite phenomenons is when you get that we call it the sea of clouds i love yeah. it oh man it's awesome when you got like all the little green islands out there right yeah and, and sometimes yeah. you know you can you can get to this elevation where it's like right under you and it it's like you could walk out on it or something yeah. you know now did you guys see that as you drove up winding stair gap this morning uh no, we didn't. It was pretty foggy this morning, uh, uh, unfortunately, but it was raining. And, uh, oh, but yeah. Gosh, sure. I'm spring right now, I couldn't be happier. I Did feel you see like, that big slide? 
Before before you start climbing into winding stair uh, over to the left up above that farm, no, like a huge, huge chunk of the mountain is slew. Oh wow, really? There's been, there's yeah. been a couple. Yeah, uh, we were checking one out recently that was just like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, it goes way up on the mountain. Yeah, like you can see where it started at the top, and it came all the way down oh, to hey, Farmer's man. Field. Really? Yeah. Y'all ever seen the Maggie Valley slide way up high? Which uh, one? Which one? <laughs> it, it's it's like it's like yeah. a football field. I, I've it's not wild. I've not I've not been across Soco um, this year. So if it's happened this, it's it's um spring or this winter potentially. I haven't seen it. It's on like if you, if you were looking at the firehouse, it's okay. straight back behind. Oh, that, okay, way up in there. Oh, okay. Wow. Oh wow. Somebody yeah. tried to build like a big uh, housing development. Oh just yeah, like, baby. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> Mountain said no. That's what sure. happens when you cut the trees down. Yeah. Right. I think this might be the same waterfall. Is that? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's what I was thinking earlier. Yeah. So that's that's the whole waterfall. Um, it's a it's a pretty wild one, you know. Yeah, it's actually pretty big. You know, height wise, it looks like it's just neat how the the water comes over that big like kind of spooky rock up there. Yeah. That's and cool. then uh, the next one is that same night. Uh, it's, it's getting back to be Milky Way season. I'm trying to like. Ooh. I don't. Yeah, that's do, a good photo there. I don't do as much shooting during the winter. It's kind of a nice time to like catch up on projects, and it's pretty brown here, so you know the mountains look way better in the spring, but. Now the Milky Way is coming out again. There's going to be a lot less sleep in my life. So. so is that one that's like, how long was that after sunset? Because it still looks like on the horizon it's fairly bright. Or is uh, that so, something you're doing with the camera? So that brightness is actually brightness from Spruce Pine, North Carolina. Okay, so that's from a town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this so, is at night night. It's yep. like completely dark. So when you're taking pictures at night, um, if you have any light pollution around, because the photo has to be absorbed for a really long time to get that light to absorb enough yeah. you know, light for those details, you also absorb sometimes light pollution. Okay. Um, so we try to find really dark locations that won't have as much, but it, it's pretty tough, you know, yeah. on the East Coast. You go out west in the desert, and it's like... <laughs> so... so I know me and Jack, when we were taking a flight out of Knoxville oh, yeah. a few years ago, going to Montana, and it was it was one of the nights there was a meteor shower. It's like 4 a.m. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was we, the Leonid meteor yeah, shower. Yeah. So we were up there August. at Newfound Gap. Awesome. And he had his camera. Um, what do you recommend for people like at night trying to get that? Because you were it was like a long exposure, right? Yeah, it was like twenty or thirty seconds. Yeah. So is that kind of what you have to do in something like that? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of moving parts. I think my my biggest tip would be is uh, get familiar with um, the five hundred rule. Uh, it's, it's crazy. I'm awful at math, but I know this one very well. Uh, you're going to divide if you're on a, fo a full full frame camera. You're going to divide your focal length by five hundred. Okay. Now, whatever that number is, is how long you can expose for before the Earth's rotation actually blurs your stars because we're moving oh, oh wow man you start getting yeah. that star trail kind yeah. of look right exactly wow. okay. stars will blow they won't be sharp so i have to do some math that's a 18 millimeter right there i think i could expose for like 22 seconds before they would have moved interesting so my sky never knew that it's yeah. pretty cool. Isn't Never it? thought about the Earth moving while you're taking a photo. You didn't. You don't remember me doing that math when we were up there, <laughs> dude. I was sleepy, and then barely that's, driving. It's another reason why, if you, people want to get into Astro, you see them start moving to wider and wider and wider focal yeah. lengths. Because if I am at 12 millimeter, well, now I can expose for like 30, and I can drop my ISO and get a cleaner picture. But that's cool. Yeah. So I'm learning stuff. Man. I, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's awesome. Really, I, I yeah. teach too. There, there's there your you rig. Go. Is that nice. what you lived out of for the past couple of years? That's Tina. Tina. <laughs> that's Tina. She's a wild one. That looks like it's probably out west, right? Yeah, that's actually in a great, great sand dune national park. Um, Where's that at? Great sand dune national park. I don't it, know that one. I don't know. Or am I saying that right? Yeah, great sand dune national park. Yeah, it's in uh, Colorado. Uh, in this, it's I don't where, know that one. It's where the San Juan mountain range meets the Sangre de Cristo. So southwest corner. Two. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, no, no, more central south. Central um, south. Okay. 
the Rio Grande flows in the valley south of it. Okay. Uh, but it's two big ridges full of 14ers, and, and we every time I'm in Colorado, I go there because that place is magic. Um, I mean, that's an awesome photo. The mountains are wild. Getting out on the sand's wild. Can you uh, surf it? Yeah, you can. We actually, uh, have you ever Seriously. seen those pictures? I I've, seen, I've <laughs> seen people like surf the sand. I've seen them do that at Kill Devil Hills out at the coast, the so, dunes. Yeah. We, we actually, uh, it's funny, we're talking about whiskey. Uh, we actually took some whiskey up. It's called Star Dune. It's the tallest star, or star, uh, sand dune in the whole park. And we snowboarded off of it like several years ago, and it was just awesome. That's cool, man. Yep. But uh, the fishing's great out there. Um, the stars are great out there, and there's some hot springs out there. So when you're on Ooh. the road, it's nice to I like it. Get that's, a good that's your shower, basically. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> your I bath. I, 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 I rinse off before I get in for everybody else around me. Say, you know, after <laughs> being out in the woods a while. Oh man, I think this is another. Yeah, it's kind of a nighttime one there. Yep. So I had that one on my phone too. That's actually out in Colorado when we were fishing the Arkansas River, and ooh, that's a good one too. Me and Luke were trying to talk earlier and decided, well, gosh, what state out there in the Rockies is the best for fishing? It's tough. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've, I've got grand memories and all of them. And the, the fishing right there was really spectacular. And you're like uh, Salida or Buena Vista. I know Salida. Okay. I've mm-hmm. heard Salida. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Let's see what this last one is. This is the last one, unfortunately, folks. That is. That's a, awesome. That's, that might be my favorite. That's my dog, Kane. I've got a white shepherd and a black shepherd, and uh, they're a lot of fun. They, they've gone, I think they're like 45 states uh, oh, wow. now. They've been around. Um, they're great trail dogs, and Kane's really good at staying still, so I got to make a picture <laughs> of him uh, with the stars. Loki needs to catch up on those states. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's crazy, you know, like, you know how. So Jack actually has one of my dogs, puppies, uh, from a horrible accident a few years ago that turned out really great because all my friends have puppies now uh but our dogs have a lot of energy so to think that they could stay uh still for that long is is pretty impressive but i I just hold a ball up in the air oh yeah i bet loki would stand still for an hour oh yeah if i did that and he's just locked (laughs) onto it and it's just the focus so that's how you're getting the photo of them that's awesome yeah yeah they're uh you know dog if you want a dog photo trick you know sometimes um body language is really important for a photo if i'm on this side of the frame I don't want to be looking that way because then the picture cuts off. Yeah. I'm looking into the photo. So I can't tell you how many times like I've had my dog standing somewhere and they're looking at me like, what are we doing? <laughs> so, I'll, I'll take a stick or something and throw it like over there. So they like look off in the distance and have this, you know, <laughs> Fabio dog thing going on. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, wow. A lot of tricks out there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, dude, that totally. was fun. That That's was, awesome. that was good to kind of go through those and see it. And we appreciate you at least sitting down. Um, I want you to kind of plug your business because, I mean, do you sell photos, like prints I, type I thing? And- I do. Uh, so, you know, for high-end homes, uh, businesses, we've got some some landscape uh, offerings on the website. I do a lot more like commercial and lifestyle and outdoor kind of work for big brands. And um, this year I've actually kind of put things aside. So I'll be working, I mentioned it briefly earlier, but uh, with Backpacker Magazine. Mm-hmm. And it's called the Get Out More Tour. So we're going to travel the entire country. We've got a bunch of brands that are working with us, and we're going to get people to see their newest gear, some like the state-of-the-art backpacking gear. Yeah. Show them how to use things that we've learned over the years uh, so they don't have to make the same mistakes that we have. Um, we'll be doing live in-person talks, making videos, and even guiding hikes in some pretty wild locations. Um, if things, you know, if we're allowed to. Uh, we've got from Alaska, Hawaii, and Nepal. Uh, oh, really? Some of our, like, oh, farther-flung wow. trips. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So might get to... 
look at Everest this year. That'd be pretty wild. Right? So what's yeah. your what's your website where people can go check you out? Uh, I'm at steveyokumphotography.com. Okay. And if you want to follow what we're getting into this year, you could follow me um, on Instagram. It's Steve underscore Yoakum. Um, and then the the tour that we're doing this year is called the Get Out More Tour. Uh, so you can search that on all. I'm gonna put your networks. name up right now so they know how to spell your name. Awesome, yeah, it's Y O C O M. And can we find your uh, your tour, your stops? Where can we find all that? Where you're gonna be? That'll be on our website. Um, if cool, you, I'll, I'll have a link in my profile tonight for it. Awesome, good deal. Um, one last question. Absolutely, I'll hang <laughs> I forgot, out for a while. I, I got... forgot to ask it, and I want I want to what? And this is probably gonna be a really tough question for you. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> What is the coolest spot you visit? Because you've done a lot of traveling. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Like, what is your top? And if you can't narrow it down to one, understand. But give me like your top three that you're like, this is cool. Okay. You got to go there. Okay. Um, uh, for islands, um, Virgin Island National Park is absolutely still in my heart. Uh, there's live music down there. You can you can backpack. You can hike. Uh, we went down there. It was like two hundred dollar flights this summer, or this winter. So yeah, went thawed out, backpacked, slept on some beaches, and saw some good music. And that was really awesome. That it's just so wild down there. It's so alive. You know, you can just like hop in a beach and swim with a sea turtle, and then go about your day. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Why did I ever go to the, like all those other you know <laughs> islands like that? It's a good one. So it's um, better than Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. For mountains, uh, <laughs> gosh, we talked about the winds. Those are up there on my list. I, I really I geek out over them all. But well, once you get to Nepal and all that, you may <laughs> you're, it may change. Yeah. But yeah, one of my favorite things we do every year is we go. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. We go way up north to Jasper, Alberta, and the northern okay. Canadian Rockies, and those might be my favorite mountain range because they're yeah. just absolutely stunning. Um, and going up in the winter is cool. We go up every year uh, when there's this big meteor shower. And we lay on frozen lakes and hope to see the northern lights and just watch these meteor showers. It's like Dang. sometimes like 15 a minute. Wow. Wow. It's wild. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, some of them have green tails. Some of them have red tails. Uh, you'll, you won't be able to see much. And then next thing you know, you can see like the pores on your friend's face next to you. It's just <laughs> unbelievable. And Wow. And, you know, everybody goes there in the summer. Uh, and they don't get as much business in the, the winter, so it's really cheap to travel. So we get to stay in all these fancy places and uh, that we normally would not be able to afford. <laughs> yeah. So go try it. Um, That's cool. That's cool, man. That's yeah. awesome. Thanks for sharing. That's, That's awesome. Cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good deal. Well, again, man, we appreciate you kind of hanging out for a few. We're going to probably close out here, let Shannon close us out. and Absolutely. We're all going to go grab something to eat, I think. That yeah. sounds good. I forget yeah. to eat when I'm fishing, so I'm, yeah. I'm all good Sp- Speaking of fishing, I, I, I plugged that we would have the fishing report. Oh, yeah. Fishing, fishing report. report. Fishing report. <laughs> fishing report. So, fishing report, fishing report. I'll do a fishing report. I'll Go give you it. one after today. It was amazing. The, <laughs> the, the fish are hungry. The the fish are hungry. But yeah, all serious note. Uh, today out there uh, with my guest uh, on the water, we seen some yellow mayflies coming off. Seen a lot of midges. Oh my gosh! But uh, you can get out there with some yellow sallies, yellow mayflies. Your basic caddis patterns, whether they're black. Olive, I want to throw tan and brown out there in that um, for sure. And yellow uh, on the um, the Tuckasegee River, the water the water has been a little higher uh, there, probably around that what uh, kind of consistent between that nine thirty and a thousand ten cubic feet per second up here in Silva. So if you're floating, a lot of you folks have your own rafts. When you come up, come up and float, the ticket today was some woolly boogers on uh, some Versa leaders or sinking lines out there. That was kind of the oh, ticket wow. today. 
I say if you can hit it in the evening time at the right flow, uh, the dry fly activity has been fantastic out there. Um, yeah, yellow bugs, once again, cream body bugs have been great. And if I could throw one caveat, if I ooh, I threw a fancy word. Caveat. I, and, I think you and, picked that up from Steve earlier. And, uh, did you say that? He did. I'm sorry. Did I? Wow. <laughs> I that. That one's so, a little, uh, uh, so there, there's such a plethora of knowledge in this room here. We have to draw from all this brain power. We are going to, I'm going to suggest to you that uh, one of the most popular dry flies that you can throw when you come here is a male Adam. Adams work everywhere. Who's Adam? Adam. You know male Adam and the female oh, Adam? How do you think the, you got that name, Adam? I don't Adam's know the history Adams, of where the Adams come from. I mean, was that somebody's name? I wonder if it was a family. Uh, you know, a lot to, of these. I'm going to do a little searching on that. Cousin I'm it. curious now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Adams, if you're looking for a dry fly to throw here all summer long, an Adams vari- variation, whether it's a size 12 down to 18s, uh, you know, regular or a parachute, you can never go wrong with an Adams, especially in these wild uh, waters that we have here, the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, things like that. And speaking of the national park, I'm believing I'm I'm not going to throw some bad information out there, but but the rumor is that they were going to open up some gates uh, this weekend in some certain locations in the area. If you're looking to fish those areas, go to the Great Smoky Mountain National Park website and see if you can gain access. Uh, my favorite place, home place for me, Catalucha Valley. The road is still closed due to the state work, so that's remaining a sanctuary. Yeah. And I'm kind of hate to say it. I'm have they selfish. opened? A, have they opened any it. of the campgrounds? Or are they still kind know, of holding on the, the back backcountry back backcountry back country permit uh, camping is permitted at a reduced capacity. Um, still got to get your permit. The group ones yet? Haven't opened up uh, your. Somebody well, asked that here. Earlier yeah, it's a great question, and thing, so. uh, we want to hit that. Yeah, absolutely. So, like your smoke mounts and places like that, uh, Big Creek, things like that. As far as I know, are still closed to camping, but you can access those areas to fish, of course. Yeah. Um, there, but once again, check the Great Smoky Mountains National Park website for updates on that. We don't want to lead you astray. I don't want the phone call and saying you told you us we it. could. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say it. But the fishing is great. Water levels are good. Water temps are good. The fish are hungry. The next two weeks, I'm telling you, if you, get here if you want some dry fly fishing. You need to be here within the next two weeks to take advantage of these opportunities we have. There it Hands is, down, man. absolutely. So, yeah. Anybody else got anything before we close this bad boy out? Yeah, yeah. Go do yourself your uh, your living room a favor and go buy a print from Steve. He's hey. got some awesome stuff. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Cheers, guys. He, get, he gave oh, you a ton awesome, of man. ton of info tonight. Go support him as best you can. Yeah, absolutely. I learned a lot there. Well, good well, and, buy, and buy some Yellowstone bourbon. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's great, man. I enjoyed that. Thanks for sharing that with us as well there. Mr. Howe, good to see you over there. He's been a quiet spectator there, but a good Haywood County uh, person right there for sure. All right. So once again, we're going to close this bad boy out. Thanks for listening to the DuckCast with a splash of bourbon sponsored by CE Tech Innovations. Make sure you follow Tuckasegee Fly Shop on all, and I repeat, all the major social media platforms for the latest happenings and latest videos. Have a question or comment? Hey, send them to us at info at tuckflyshop.com. Or if you're still doing the uh, the snail mail thing, you can hit us at tuckflyshop, 530 West Main Street, Silva, 28779. Thanks for tuning in, tuning in, and we will see you next week.